Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Momming Autism Podcast, where we are providing a positive platform for parents to talk about their... No, I lost it. I don't have my script in front of me. Okay, here we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Momming Autism Podcast, where we are providing a positive platform for parents of special needs children to share their stories about raising special needs kids. We are your hosts, Amanda DeLuca and Katie MD. And today we want to talk about something that affects so many special needs families, ourselves included, which is sleep issues, sleep regressions, sleep patterns, whatever you want to call them. Um, Jackson will be seven this month, and I feel like most of our life has been spent in a sleep regression as opposed to a good sleep pattern. Katie, what about you? Yeah, Avery is you know, 10 years old. And I think over the years, I have learned that when Avery sleeps, I'm sleeping instead of, you know, cleaning my house, checking emails, any of those things. When he sleeps, I sleep because I never know when the sleep is going to stop. If he's going to get up in the middle of the night, if say, you know, he sleeps one night, but then doesn't sleep for a week. Um, It is a constant battle. And it is something I think for us, always keeps us on our toes it's nothing you know once we think we have his kind of his sleep under control he stops sleeping and we don't know why and we don't know always how to fix it or what is going to work and I think that's what makes it so frustrating I'm the opposite when Jackson's sleeping I'm up and anxious because I'm worried about when he's going to wake up next until we get into a really solid good sleep clump I'm up and anxious and doing Uh busy work because I'm, I don't want to go to sleep and wake up in an hour because I feel worse then. Um, We've driven ourselves Uh crazy with data sheets and notebooks trying to track um, variables on what could cause his sleep regression, you know, diet, weather, um, activities that we did that day, all of those things. And we've never been able to find a... Um, contributing factor or a pattern Um, so I don't do it anymore I don't track that anymore because it just um, causes me anxiety over trying to find the solution Um, we have tried um, no screen time several hours before bed we've tried shutting all the lights off in our home um, and trying to like create a calm and tranquil environment we've tried essential oil combinations and blends we've tried melatonin we've tried medication we've tried bath before bed sound machines blackout curtains weighted blankets um, sleeping in pants sleeping in shorts is there anything Mm -hmm. I left out that you've tried (laughs) no like we you know when Avery was really little you know we had got to a point like we just literally went down the list it was like And, you know, we are taking away all sugar. And then it was, you know, he's going to go to sleep with his little, he had like a weighted, it was like a just small weighted little monkey. And that's what we're going to use. And then um, it was actually a weighted, like a sleep mask. He would fall asleep with it on. And then we would take it off and, and go lay him in his bed because for Avery, Avery actually doesn't fall asleep in his bed. Um, we started the horrible kind of habit when he was really little of him falling asleep 
on the couch. So now he won't sleep in his bed. So we have to wait till he's like right knocked out and, and asleep and lift him up and go and put him in his bed, which now as he gets older and heavier and bigger, um, it's becoming a real, a real ordeal to get him into his bed. He won't fall asleep um, in there and it has to be on the couch. Um, and, you know, I think for some people, they would be like, well, just let him sleep on the couch all night. Um, but it's so far away from our bedroom that I'm scared that if I go to sleep, then I won't hear him um, get up in the, you know, in the middle of the night if he is on the couch in the living room. If he's in his room, I hear him because um, his door is is horribly loud and, and he just, it sounds like, you know, somebody stomping through the house most of the time uh, when he gets up. Um, but you know, the things you do for sleep, that's the thing you you research everything you, you know, you talk to your doctor, you talk to your pediatrician and, and you're always just wanting it to get better. Um, and for some, you know, some families and, and there's families we are really close with, um, as their children get older, um, for some of them, it doesn't get better. They're normal and they're, um, their version i guess or their you know typical of sleep is really four hours that's that's normal that to them if they get four hours they're like we are winning um for us we don't really have a set time like for how how much um we went a really long stretch before you know the world fell apart and covid was a thing um you know avery was sleeping like eight nine hours a night straight consecutive like we were on cloud nine and then everything fell apart. And I don't know exactly what had changed because it wasn't his diet um, or anything like that, but it just, something had changed. And now we're kind of back to square one of like not a consistent bedtime. You know, our, our routine is the same, you know, brush his teeth, you know, get his pajamas. All of that has stayed the same, but the actual, you know, concept of sleep, um, has changed and it's just it's I think for every parent I think it's different you know some people swear by you know weighted animals weighted blankets and they're the best thing and and they get their kids to sleep and they keep their kids asleep where the next you know parent would say no that doesn't work for me but you know if we you know put lavender on their feet and and have their diffuser running or we have a sound machine that's what works for us and and i think that's what you know newly diagnosed parents um that have kiddos that are just getting diagnosed i think that's why it is so overwhelming because when they are going through the motions of their kiddo getting diagnosed and and sleep you know becomes a problem where you're getting little to none you're grasping at straws and you're like well this one mom said you know do oil the next mom said get rid of sugar and you have all of these options and sometimes you go right down the rabbit hole and you're and doing you all of it and you're, you're, you're figure out what is contributing to what we've been there yeah <laughs> um i did have a mom recently um i posted about um sleep issues i post about sleep issues a lot to be honest um i write when jackson can't sleep um and she mentioned that they started doing their probiotic at night Um, and that helped her daughter. She -hmm. mentioned CBD at night and that helped her daughter and that's great and that does work for some, but I think the probiotic at night um, is a good suggestion. It's something that we didn't really think about pairing right before bedtime, so it is something that we are going to start trying. 
Um, but I used to think that Jackson mm-hmm. woke up in the middle of the night to sensory seek. Um, and, th- and that's kind of why mm-hmm. we chased um, medication to treat anxiety for sleep first, because I thought, well, maybe he's, you know, still stuck on this task because he would wake up and work on his trains or play them or script things. And I thought, well, maybe he's just anxious that he wasn't done with whatever he had in his brain, whether it be a, you know, a pattern or a image or whatever. Um, and that may be, and you know, we're not at the age still where he can tell us those things. So that may, that may be it, um, but we don't know. Now I will say when he gets new things, um, like Easter was this week. So, um, you know, there are new things that he wants and wants to play on repeat and look at constantly. So that may be a contributing factor, but I don't know how you break that cycle either. So even though I have a theory, I don't have an answer. <laughs> Well, you can't, you can't skip. That's the thing. And it's funny that you would bring that up because we were literally just having this conversation. Um, me and a really close friend, I was like, what do we do? Do we right. skip holidays? Because for Avery, he gets like, he goes to level a hundred when, when a holiday comes, he knows it's coming. We talk about it. You know, we talk with him and show him his, um, his pex cards and his storyboard and everything about like what we're going to do and how we're going to do it and everything. So he's prepared and ready for it, um, which is a positive. But then the, you know, the downside to it is, is that the kid doesn't sleep. Like he just, he gets so anxious and so incredibly excited. You would think that he's going to Mm -hmm. self combust. Like he just, he can hardly, you can see the excitement pouring out of him. And, And Easter was this year was a very good example. And I think it was so high this year because we really haven't had excitement go on. We haven't had, um, you know, parts in our life, you know, this this past year and some, um, where there has been like, there hasn't been like family get togethers. There hasn't been really any um, large outings. There hasn't been any holidays. So, you know, to him, that's what he loves the most. He loves holidays, he loves outings. His his sleep goes to just, it goes horribly when holidays or outings or anything happen. But, you know, this year, it was literally like you could see the excitement pouring out of him. He was getting so worked up because the bunny, and that's how he would say it, the bunny. Um, and then he would show me how many fingers you know, till the bunny comes and, and he was so excited and he would get to the point where he was jumping and flapping and like spinning. And then he'd throw himself into his swing. And I don't think we slept like the whole pretty much week leading up to Easter and we're still really not sleeping. Um, and it takes him a really long time, uh, to come down from that excitement it's not just like oh you know easter was yesterday or whatever and and now we're good it's a whole thing to get him back on track with you know even his eating um easter on easter day he was on the mini egg diet i can openly admit that he ate more mini eggs than any child should probably consume um but then like sugar hardly ever hits his system so that much sugar hitting his system like he was anxious, he was busy, he had little to no sleep, and he had mm-hmm. oh too many mini eggs. Um, but like, you know, the problem with that is when you get all of those things combined with the lack of sleep, um, in our house anyways, you know, Avery ends up getting very aggressive. 
um, his excitement turns into um, aggressive behaviors that we have a very hard time sometimes yeah. getting a handle on and and um, keeping him safe and then also everybody else that in our house safe. Last, me last night, I should say. Um, Jackson woke up at 1.30 and wanted to come sleep in my bed. Well, the 900 events leading up to one o'clock in the morning, Monroe was in my bed and I told him no, because I was trying to keep her asleep. And denial of access is a huge trigger for him. Um, so where he used to just get up and go out into the living room, he now wants to be in my bed. And because she was in there and I had to say no, it turned into a whole new level of complicated that we haven't seen before. And I had to call uh, my mom for help at three o'clock in the morning because he was upset. I was upset. Monroe was now awake and upset. And um, there wasn't enough of me to console everyone. So um, last night we hit a whole new level of this is not okay. Um, I don't know how to deal with this. There is no handbook on this. Other people aren't dealing with this. People aren't writing about this. So I had to call my mom. <laughs> I had to call in the reinforcements. Um, I will say one of the positives for us of COVID was um, we started using an antihistamine um, for Jackson for sleep. And it did work well for a while for him. It put him to sleep gently. It kept him asleep. Um, until like five or six in the morning, which for us is like normal wake times um, or what we would consider normal wake times. Like we're never gonna get a seven or 8 a.m. wake up. We're always gonna be awake before that. Um, but he's at an age now where um, he knows that there's medicine and he doesn't wanna take it. Um, not because it tastes bad, just because it's a mm -hmm. defiant behavior, really just exercising his right to make a decision. Um, so we can't get it in him 100% of the time. So we're not getting 100% sleep accuracy um, either. So um, although we know what worked or what had been working, we can't get him to take it right now. So that's not really helpful either. <laughs> so that's mm -hmm. kind of where we're at. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't have the sleep answer. I always um, tell Sal that if I'm going to write a book, it's going to be 101 ways to try to get your child to sleep because we have tried them all. Um, and there's, I take great pride in that because um, I researched and researched and researched and swore that I was going to find an answer and I haven't. Um, we've come close. We've come okay. close several times, um, but we always hit these weird snags. Um, but I think the more we talk about it, um, the more parents realize that they're not alone. Um, and the more people that realize, you know, well, they haven't tried this or I haven't tried that because just because it didn't work for my kid doesn't mean it's not going to work for yours, you know. Um, mm -hmm. Well, I think having a conversation is normalizing that there is families going through this, that there is people that have kiddos that don't sleep. So, you know, something for us, even when Avery was really little, you know, we would say, Oh, Avery only slept two hours, you know, in a 24 hour stretch. And, you know, people that we're close with and family members, they'd be like, did he really though? Like, they have such a hard time believing that a kid mm -hmm. can go that long um, without sleep. So then, of course, you know, as a parent, and I always, always used to get just really upset because I'm like, yes, like he, he literally only slept two and hours. And they don't tire. They um, don't tire. No, no, um, not at all. Like my family um, for a while would be, would say, so how did he sleep last night? 
but they wouldn't offer to take him and let him come stay there because you know they're working they need sleep too and eventually i had to say please stop asking it's not helpful for you to ask and for me to talk about it to know that there's no help being offered because it just it makes me sad and it makes me upset and it was a hard it was a hard conversation to mm-hmm. have but it was necessary because i didn't want to give daily sleep reports to just hear oh that's horrible or oh i'm so sorry help me find a solution offer me one night of sleep so we had to have the conversation of please stop asking mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mhm yeah mhm no i i completely understand that and i think until you see it with your own eyes um for for a lot of people i think it's hard to believe um and the, and i know that to be true for our family and even when avery was a lot younger um we had a girl that was you know helping us out quite a bit with avery and and respite and and things like that and you know she was like really like if you guys are gone and you're gone away and and she had stayed with avery for you know 3 nights and i think she very much had big plans like avery was going to go to sleep and she was going to watch you know grey's anatomy on our tv like i think she had plans that that was what she was going to do while avery slept yeah. and avery never slept and then she was like oh my goodness like what do you guys do like when i'm not here and i'm like well we just don't sleep but she had to see that hey like she had to experience that see it with her own eyes and be like okay this family lives on no sleep that is their normal um but until you see it it's it's so hard it's so hard it's to unimaginable. believe um, um it's unimaginable that these tiny mm-hmm. um you know children or adults can go at 100% all day long and never tire mm-hmm. and never rest and jackson rarely sits and jackson rarely um will lay on the couch or watch you know an, a movie in its entirety like he doesn't understand relaxation um from the minute he's awake he's uh-huh. completely awake we're eating we're playing we're watching tv as a background noise but i'm not really sitting and watching it and i'm going to play with these trains here and then i'm going to run over here and i'm looking for an ipad and it's 100% all the time so not only are you deprived of sleep but there's no chill time <laughs> as ridiculous as that is to say i can't sit like you said and answer emails and do all these things because my eyes have to be on jackson because he can't be alone uh-huh. and i think that um going back to you know people don't believe it until they see it they don't understand that you're not saying well you need to sit here and play quietly so i can get some work done that's not a reality for me anyway for us anyway and i think for a yeah. lot of parents a lot of our kiddos are eyes on them 100% of the time to make sure they're safe and that's a uh-huh. whole new uh-huh. no whole and new i i think exhaustion that, yeah Oh, for sure. There there are kiddos are on all day like and you know they they don't ever stop and I know um you have and and like I have talked to my fair share of families that have kiddos that are much older than both of ours and there's a few of them that said, you know, when their kid got to, you know, not saying there's a magic age, but when their kids started to get older, uh past puberty, things like that, um they they became docile they calmed down and things like that and you you know for us i hope that's true like right. i hope that's a thing and and you know when every gets to whatever 13 14 15 whatever age it may be that he 
maybe enjoys a little bit of relaxation, a little bit Mm -hmm. of being calm, a little bit of, you know, being able to sit in a chair and, and, you know, look at a book instead of, you know, jumping up and down and running around our deck five times and coming back to the book, you know, um, I, I hope that's a possibility. I hope it's a reality for us, but you just don't know. That's the thing. And, and the, you know, something that I do enjoy is when I do hear from parents with older kids, because it's like this little kind of ball of hope that, you know, you kind of have in your hand for us anyways, that one day, you know, it will apply to us. And, and I hope it does. I hope it, you know, I hope Avery starts sleeping more as he gets older. Um, it'd be a, it would be amazing if it started right now, but right. I don't think we're that lucky, but, um, you know, if he if he starts doing it with it when he's older then great but you know um it's this constant chase that that's kind of how we feel is that i constantly feel like i am chasing the sleep and and wanting there to be sleep and and thinking if i you know just tweak something like one little thing like adjust a vitamin or or you know whatever it may be like give him you know reading books 20 minutes early at nighttime than than his normal time like that's going to be the thing that's going to be the thing and we're going to be sleeping and it's going to be amazing and we're going to wake up refreshed and it never happens it well it well, hasn't happened yet say, as um, jackson gets older he wants a later bedtime even though he's still waking up just mm-hmm, as early yeah. he wants a later bedtime as he's slowly getting older and I don't want a later mm-hmm. bedtime because I want to get some things done. <laughs> I, I, want, I want to get some things done. Um, and I also, like you said, talking to older parents, um, I'm not ready for puberty. I'm not ready to have that discussion. I'm not ready to know what that's going to look like. I'm not ready for that either. Like, I kind of want to skip it. Like, if there was a way to, like, just fast forward... And just go to the good sleep part. Right. Like, if there's a good sleep part, that the puberty thing I'm not ready for. We, you know, we're very much on the yeah. on the start yeah. of all of that. Um, we we can tell it's coming, and and to be honest, it scares me. Like, I don't know what right. what I'm doing or like what we're supposed to. Like, I just don't know. And and it's not a conversation, obviously, that a lot of people have. So you know, for us, we've been reaching out to. A lot of people with older older kiddos and what does that look like and a really good friend of mine that lives near us she's like oh you buckle in and I'm like why right. would you tell someone that like don't don't say that and and her her son is so much like my Avery it is it it's insane like they could they could belong to the same family they could be twins um almost like it's just crazy so then it really got me kind of worked up and worried and I'm like I wish you wouldn't have said that to me and she's like oh you'll be fine but she's like it's it's a lot I'm like okay everything, still not helping still not making me feel bad a lot. Um, but I think it's but I think it's a nice thing um to know like her and you know people listening here and friends and connections that we've made that none of us are going to have to do it alone Um, because even though our lives are so Mm -hmm. unrelatable to so many we can all relate to each other Um, you know puberty and sleep and meds and all these things that there is going to be a support system they may not live in the same state they may not live in the same country but there is going to be a support system and we are working very hard um, to build that and bring that and I think 
even us having these conversations, people may have heard something they haven't tried for sleep or they may have ideas for us and please send them to us. We would love to read them. Um, but I think we're making it more relatable. We're having an open conversation and I think we're creating avenues to help each other get through it. Well, this has been, you know, just from the day we started this to now, this is the highlight of my week. It doesn't matter how much sleep I get or don't get, you know, being able to talk with you and talk with parents and, and, you know, just share our story and talk about your guys's journey and what, um, you know, what me and you um, can relate to and, and what we have in common and everything else. It's a joy. Mm -hmm. It's exciting. It's, it's amazing. And I feel like, you know, I have learned so much from you and I've just learned just a, like a boatload from everybody we've had on here. And it's an amazing community kind of that we've started. Um, and just reminding people That's that right. nobody is alone. That's right. Everybody, you know, everybody has somebody and if you don't have somebody right. we're going to get you so somebody. this is um officially episode 25 which is wrapping up season one so our next recording will be season two episode one so i think that's a great way to wrap up our first season of the momming autism podcast and we will talk to you all next week for season two <laughs>